tell me that we're trying to hire junkies here? And is this another, a second, fourth dimension in the same day? Bling. You're skating on thin ice. Are those hot skates? Those are hot skates. Smoking hot skates. In the fourth dimension, so it's waiting for you. Reasons why to hire a junkie, reasons why to pay them for what they're worth, and reason why... Nightmares. Being a full-time junkie is hard work. That's why when I need to get messed up, I always go to the store to buy four 16-ounce cans for three fifty. That's less than a dollar a drink, man. When there's nobody downtown that's willing to sell you a nickel, and if they are, you're gonna get ripped off unless it's probably 3 a.m., in which case you might find into someone, run in, or find someone who's nice and normal and says, here you go, here's five bucks worth, but that's 3 a.m. is about 12 hours away. 11 hours, but who's counting? That's why whenever I need to get messed up, I go to the store and get these 16 ounce cans, that's 64 ounces of beer for less than $4. You can do it with a $5 bill. Why you should hire junkies, the unpopular opinion. Welcome to the Bling Vera podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Bling Vera. In this episode, we're gonna talk about hiring junkies. We're gonna talk about getting messed up. We're gonna talk about and compare and contrast the differences between so the squares and junkies. What's that noise? What's that? Why? What is that noise? Oh, the leaf blowers. We didn't just start recording, did we? Huh. Well, that's cool. It's almost like it's almost like the fact that we started recording. It was like, all right, you guys, that's your cue. You guys go. Start, hey, leaf blowers, go. When you're a junkie, you pick up on stuff like this. Your hyper, your senses. Do we have to, man. Again, like the last episode I was talking about, like the power goes out, right? The one day, like the one day that I needed the power to stay on at least just for three hours, please, dear God for three hours, please. The one time, power goes out. Power kicks back on. Uh, we'll find a computer somewhere else. Thanks anyways, Bling. It's like, no, come on, no, come on. Market drops for three days in a row. Monday, it's probably gonna drop a lot. Monday drops a lot. Cue the leaf blowers. Yeah, junkies full-time, hard work. Being a full-time junkie is horrible. I mean, I don't even know where they are. I can't even see them. How could they possibly have put it together? Right when we started, they were not that here. I heard nothing prior to this. I mean, this is insane. It's The world is conspiring against me at this point. There's no doubt in my mind. Get him over here. Where's he at? There's nowhere to even blow leaves. There's no, there's, we're in a parking garage for crying out loud. Was he, is he blowing shit around in the parking garage? How do I know it's a, a he and not a she? Get out. 
Get out. Get out. No, step out and breathe that dust in that they're blowing around. They're spreading around. That's how they spread Omicron. That's how they spread those viruses around. Is what they're doing right now in the parking garage. I'm telling. Yes, it is. I'm telling you. You ever see Arachnophobia? You ever see the movie Arachnophobia? Well, have you ever seen it? Yes or seen it? Yes or no? You seen it? Used to be one of my favorite movies. When it comes to horror films. Tremors was always numero uno on the list. However, arachnophobia was a very close second, if not pretty much a tie. Fucking leaf blowers, dude. Oh, no, we just go up to the hills up in the parking garage and shade and charge the car. And I'll record it that way. It'll be nice and quiet. That way we're not in the studio with the kids screaming. We're shit, the leaf blowers at the studio. We're in a parking garage. What are they blowing around inside of a parking garage besides dust and dirt? No, I'll wait. I'll wait. Chemtrails over the country club. Let's just entertain chemtrails for one day. Oh, yeah. And they also uh, spread the virus, too, through uh, leaf blowers. Yeah, they do. The government spreads the virus around the plant them in little sections, corners, pockets of the... Oh yeah, that's disinformation, okay. In the movie Arachnophobia, they, they pump up this thing. It's got insecticide in it, or I guess you could call it arachnicide. Well, it kills, probably kills uh, invertebrates. Let's just put it that way. It kills invertebrates. So you got um, uh, moths, butterflies, spiders, bugs, ants doing there are no trees here it's not the fall there's no no wait there, there's nothing there's there there are no leaves there are no leaves to blow i'm trying to do a show on, on reasons why you should hire junkies and this guy and <clears throat> how do i know it's a guy Hey everyone, thanks for joining the Bling Vera podcast. I'm your host, Bling Vera. We're in the first segment of Reasons Why to Hire Junkies and the unpopular opinion. We've got a leaf blower somewhere close. I don't know where they're at. There's no there's no freaking reason to be doing what they're doing. And they started it right when I started recording. I took a little break there, a little pause. I don't hear them. Do you hear them? All right. All right. You gotta be kidding me, man. I've said it before. I don't have an opinion when it comes to Alex Jones. I, if I did, I wish I could share it with everyone because if it's only disinformation, if it's not true, but nobody, no, I don't have an opinion. I don't have an opinion, but if I did, I would love to share it with the world. Hey everyone, thanks for joining this Bling Bear podcast. We're pretty upset today. We woke up in a foul mood. We woke up from a nightmare into another nightmare. Something we you would you would imagine we would get used to at this point. However, about five months into it since eBay's jacked all our money. 
still not, still can't. We're still not acclimated. We're still not uh, conditioned. Hey, it's a Fortune 500 company. Shit. Oh, paved the way for e-commerce. Yeah, they don't steal money. No. For members of 20 years, man, get out of here, junkie. All right. Um, <clears throat> does anyone hear any leaf blowers? The sound of silence. Darkness, my old friend, my newfound friend. Our uh, reunited friendship, darkness. Hello? So help me. If that leaf blower kicks on, I'm gonna be so upset. All right, where was I? No, I'm not talking about Alex Jones. We're talking about hiring junkies because they're hardworking people <laughs> it's a 24 hour day now. <laughs> well, they remain focused on one objective. They're ambitious people, they're hardworking, and there's a lot of them to hire. There's tons of them to hire because they can't get jobs anywhere else because society has kicked them to the curb. Society has already written them off and told them to get jobs. And then, when they do get jobs, they get fired for fake stocking charges. Thank you very much, Hanks and Peterson. Hanks and Peterson, Salt Lake City attorneys, if you want to ruin someone's life with fake stocking charges and pay money to be embarrassed in court, Hanks and Peterson, that is your attorney. Salt Lake City attorneys, top of the judge building, Hanks and Peterson, check them out, ruin some lives, get embarrassed, and pay them for the embarrassment. Beaten by someone without any court ex courtroom experience or legal experience whatsoever. Hanks and Peterson, if you want to lose and embarrass yourself in the process and ruin their life as well as parents yours in front of everybody and have it be harped on and on and on, then uh, they're certainly your attorneys for you. Go ahead and waste your money. I flush it down the toilet. It makes no difference to me. I probably, in my opinion, that's what not to do. That's what uh, you'd probably not want to do. But whatever. Nah, man, those Bible verses, they only work if you're virtuous. An eye for an eye, tooth for nah. Dude. Cost me my job and cut, no, no, not like that. Only if you have money. Only if you can afford to do it. Well, what if you've already lost everything? Well, then you've got nothing to lose. In which case, you're probably a little bit more volatile and dangerous than I'd imagine. And that's why it brings us back around. Reasons why you should hire junkies or felons by Bling Vieira, your host, <clears throat> who wakes up from a nightmare into a nightmare. First, if I may, uh, permit me a minute of your time, I'd like to tell you about last night's nightmare. And the anxiety-inducing fear that it causes in my sleep. And I wake up and I'm like, oh, it's, it's real, everything's real. And, oh, calm down, you're all right. <laughs> and then to realize, oh no, you had a shot. If only you could have sold your computer, if only the power didn't go out, if only eBay hadn't stolen your money, if only you didn't lose your job a year ago due to fake stocking charges. Yeah, I'm sure it's getting old. I hope it is. I'm gonna turn it up even make it more old and more boring even after that. But first, The Nightmare, a poem by Bling Vieira. So this nightmare last night, 
it was I was being framed for murder. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding you. And no, I was not wrecked. I had three beers and I saved one, as I discussed in the, first, the, the previous episode. And those are three 16-ounce beers, yeah. So how it started was they... I was, like, hanging out with a bunch of rich, rich folks. And they bought a Ferrari, and I was to drive this Ferrari around and be a chauffeur, and I couldn't drive it. It was too powerful. Whenever I drive it, I couldn't get the traction and it would always veer off into the curb or something. And the person I was trying to chauffeur, the rich person, they would get so freaking pissed. I'm like, it's not me, it's the car, it's not me, it's the car. So we'd switch driver, passenger. And of course they can drive it perfectly. Like, this is how you drive it. This is how you shift. This is how you do it. I'm like, all right, I know. Okay, give me, a, let me try it again. Same thing would happen. I give it a little gas, it starts to veer, it's too much power, and it veers off in the side. Bling, we're taking the keys away. And I was like, okay, all right, all right, all right. Hold on. So there was a little bit of sexuality in the stream, too. The people I was hanging out with, they were gay, homosexuals, and I am not. And in the dream, I was not. And... I, but I was being, when I was being investigated and stuff, it, the questions were very intrusive in a homosexual way. And I was like, no, like, no, it's not true. Or no, that's not what, that's not what you're assuming or insinuating. So yeah, there's like this weird sexual tension misunderstanding in it too. But there was no um, actions, there was no sexual actions on my part in this dream. It was just kind of weird in that sense. And this assumption um, by the investigators So anyway, anyway, they take the keys away. So I start walking everywhere and it was kind of like a a Mix of Utah and Arizona and in, Excuse me in Arizona. They have a lot of canals that were built by the indigenous peoples there or at least outlined and uh, engineered by a lot of the indigenous people the Hohokam, uh, Hopi, Apache and so I was walking along these canals because I couldn't drive the Ferrari anymore. And I saw a body in the canal. And there's some weird, like I was on a, on a, on like a, I had to jump on a floating thing to get away or to get out of that area really quickly. But I saw this body in the water and uh, that was that. That was the only connection that I had to it. There was no other, I never interacted with this person. Never saw them before in my life didn't know anything about them. The thought of reporting the body did, certainly came to mind, but I never did. Not in the dream, I did not. Because there was just some weird vibe and I thought if I report this body, it's gonna be a lot of questions and I'm gonna be connected to it. They're gonna assume it was me or something weird. And, and so some time had passed and then I come to find out that this body was related to this group with the Ferrari and uh, transients or um, not transients. Uh, what's the word? Uh, prostitutes, prostitution, and, and that sort of thing. And I realized kind of early on, somehow I was being framed for murder, like that person's murder, and that they had money that they were supposed to inherit, but except it was going to somebody else, and that somebody else's name, um, depending on the death and, and everything else. And that's when the dream, like, went nightmarish completely. Or it sounds pretty nightmarish as it is, but it went completely nightmare mode.
So the investigators come talk to me. They're asking me intrusive questions about sexuality and stuff. And I just was like, look, you guys got it wrong. That's not how it is. I'm sort of just like a, um, like a housekeeper for these people. And I drive the car around for them, a chauffeur. Um, and that's it. That's, that's the extent of it. I don't have any relationships. There's no like extracurricular activities or anything. I'm just trying to like make money and survive. And this is how it's sort of unfolded. But there was the question of, well, we know where you were on this night. We have proof of it. And we know you're connected to, to this murder. Like, just flat out, we know that you pretty much did it. And in my head, or in the dream in my head, I'm thinking, well, I know I didn't do it. So there's no way that they're going to try and connect this to me with any real evidence. Like, it's just not going to happen. But then they started talking about the Ferrari, the fact that I'm still dry, trying to drive it around, and there's all this stuff happening that I'm, like, trying to make money, and, and, and I just had to keep on denying it. Like, no, that's not true. No, no, no. And it got to the point where there was, like, digital evidence of where I was. I was on a little micro SD card, and I had it in my possession. And it was proof that I wasn't where they where where they say I was, and I was being sort of bribed to destroy this evidence. And man, it was such a, a nightmare. It was just a nightmare because at that point I was being charged with stuff that wasn't true. I had a criminal record again, and yeah, like fake stalking charges, but in real life, I had fake stalking charges. And then in my dream, it's like, oh, I got no more fake shit, you know? And so it's like, it's, it's, um, uh, the emotional turmoil that you're put through when you're fired for something fake in real life, like how I was, thanks to Hanks and Peterson, like the damage that it causes with, uh, experience like that where you do prove your innocence, you do get the charges dismissed. You do say, look, that was totally out of line, uncalled for, they crossed the line, they overstepped their bounds, they're greedy, they're after billable, whatever. Um, it's just not true. That they looked, they embarrassed themselves in court, saying that they did not want this thing in place, only to ardently vie to keep it in place for two hours. It, it's ridiculous, and that sort of trauma the intentional infliction of emotional distress like in your dreams even it, it's it's bleeding in and it's starting to spill over into like i guess your consciousness right dreams are weird i think a lot of them are uh like your 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 mental defragmentation uh, like a hard drive sort of uh reconciles things that are important, things that are important, memories, and starts to just kind of um, process through everything. In your downtime, your body's starting to heal and, and all that. Uh, the chemicals are rebalancing. It, it, it's really kind of a intricate process um, that is probably taken for granted or underappreciated a lot. But on top of that, it, it can cause real distress, like real emotional problems. When you wake up and you're already kind of not doing so well as it is,
um, emotionally and regulating your emotions in real life, when you wake up from a intrusive, bizarre, um, jarring, abrasive dream like I had last night, which is pretty common, it's it's a lot to handle, man, emotionally, and it just makes me want to give up a lot of the times. It just makes like, all right, I'm done. Like that's it. Even like the end of the last episode is just like, yep, kids are screaming. That's it. I'm done. Man, people are more than welcome to make assumptions and to think however they want to think. I'm okay with that. Much like the Tyler Glenn episode that I did, I published a while ago when all of this was kind of first starting out. I didn't know which direction to take this podcast and how to, the format of it, all that stuff. Still, I was, I was very trepidatious back then. I've, I've seen cliques and groups in the LDS church where sexuality is, I guess it's sort of like this underground sort of thing. And they won't tell, you know, you, you won't know unless they really trust you, in, in which case, um, you probably already kind of had an idea anyways. But my, just to reiterate, or just to disclose, my sexuality, it doesn't, I know what I'm attracted to, and I don't care what my dreams are, or sharing openly uh, anything like that. So anyway, that being said, in my dream, my nightmare, there's a group of people who are trying to frame me at that point, and I knew it. There was a lot of money involved, and I was sort of the, the pawn for this. There were nice cars, lots of money, and I was being given gifts because I was being framed for murder. And man, like, it was, it was a nightmare because the entire time I'm thinking, I can't believe I have a criminal record again. I can't believe I'm getting investigated for something for murder. And I had nothing to do with it. I have no idea who the person was who I saw in the canal. Um, I've never met them before. I've heard about them, but there's just nothing. That's it. There's no association. I've never, ever interacted with them in person. And I was like, I can't believe I'm being investigated for that person's murder. Simply wrong place, wrong time. The keys were taken away from me. And I started to kind of put the pieces together. Like I was supposed to walk down that canal that day. I was supposed to see them there. I was supposed to be associated with the murder. <clears throat> so I start playing dumb and I have this um, data on a micro SD card that shows my GPS tracking and whatever. And so it's kind of like, you know, high techy espionage, betrayal, um, kind of a weird sexual tension with shit. Let me tell you, if Marriott girl, I don't know, with Lana, or she doesn't wear her mask, then Marriott girl doesn't wear a mask. It's like only two weeks, but Marriott girl is a different story. Talk about love at first sight, man. Yeah, if such a thing even existed. But these groups and these circles exist in real life. And it's, 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 I'm sure it's difficult and things to, to have to struggle with that. Um, uh, polarization of what, how you feel and 
your sexuality versus what your religion tells you to feel and you know, what what sexual sexuality you're supposed to what subscribe to or identify with like that's got to be i talk about it in the Tyler Glenn episode like that's not that's not you look at it as a traitor and defiler anyway um this investigator is trying to pin this murder on me and I could tell I knew it and I could see what was going on and at the end of the dream before I woke up from that nightmare into another today's reality I'm running for my life because they're after this SD card and yeah I was a little bit in my dream I was taunting them with the SD card like you guys want this hey it's right here and I faked that I threw it into the canal because they're all after me I faked that I, I threw it in and I just took off sprinting as fast as I could the other direction thinking that okay they think I threw it in the canal they think I got rid of it or they think whatever but I'm gone and man I just this before I woke up I kept thinking I can't believe I have a criminal record I can't believe I can't get hired anywhere again like I can't it's not true it's fake it, it's not even remotely close to the truth and I'm being framed for murder and it's a huge deal it's a, it's a big deal fake stalking charges like it's a big deal man and your life is ruined you're, it's over like just forget it and it's not yeah you messed with the wrong people you did with like that shit if that's really what Hanks and Peterson was up to like that's what happens when you mess like that shit man that's not cool that's uh evil just as evil as the person that they're representing the polygamist they're representing and that's in real life evil polygamists, uh, evil practices that they're doing, uh, participating in and getting paid for. I mean, really, thank God that I was able to embarrass them in a, in a court of law. Like, really, like, if there's sort of uh, righteous indignation that could ever happen, it, it was that. It was th those moments there of, of just, hey, hello, you, you two over here are bullying like me for one, but you're ruining someone's life with unjustified, completely crossing the line and doing something absolutely uncalled for and stupid. The, the police are the Salt Lake City Police, Officer Pregman, uh, Detective Shane. Like, ah, oh, it's a civil matter. We we can't do we can't do anything to help you, and no judge is going to sign off on that, uh, the stalking thing. And a judge signs off on it. And in my dream, I'm running for my life in my nightmare. The same shit. It's like, this is, yeah, if there's any sort of proof of intentional infliction of emotional distress, it's, it's this example right here. Because years later, I, I'm still having nightmares. I'm still struggling with this thought of um, this criminal record, like, looming overhead. You know, the Sword of Damocles just right there, waiting to fall. Except I didn't want to inherit power. I didn't want the king's seat in the first place. I just wanted to live my life and be gone. I kicked in a hole from eBay, and it, it's just, it it's a nightmare in a nightmare in a nightmare. It's inception all over, man. But those types of personalities are the ones that get to where they are 
and stay there from the actions that you're seeing today. The corporate actions, the nickel and diming, uh, the dishonesty, the mistruths, the misleading, uh, the uh, access to money, to finances, to resources. And when you have like an incestuous, illegal uh, group of people running things, then it just gets worse. And that's I try to highlight today, eBay's trust and safety department or team or it's just a, a sick, disgusting group of people that works for eBay, that represents eBay, that sells stolen items, that ruins people's lives, like steals from people. It's disgusting. There's no way to get a hold of them except for messages that take days to hear a response from. And the responses are vague and stupid and made up and fabricated. Just untrue. And factually untrue. But because they're there, because you're here, you have no recourse. You, you can't do anything about it. You just can't. You can't afford to. I don't care if it's getting old. I don't care if the listenership takes another hike off a cliff. There, are, Someone has to say something and someone has to do something. And someone has to represent a group of people that has been discarded and forgotten about. And I'm arguing junkies are probably the hardest working people that you'll find these days. And there's so many of them available for hire. Just right now, go home, go freaking hire them. Go downtown, find some. They're going to work so hard to prove uh, their worth, to prove to you that like, hey, you did not make, thanks for taking a chance on us. Thanks for taking a chance on me. Just like the ABBA song. I'm the first in line. Take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, take a chance. But as long as you are able to, as a business owner or a recruiter, as long as you're able to show them respect and uh, give them back the dignity that they're looking for, that they've been searching for and trying to find through the escape of uh, substance abuse or what, what have you, whatever whatever's going on, they're going to drop that shit they're, 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 they're going to forget about the life that they're living now as junkies as drug addicts as alcoholics um, whatever well in conclusion in this fourth dimension of the Bling VR podcast thanks for making it this far into it as scattered as it might be or the one thing that I would say that is detrimental to hiring junkies and um, people who are ambitious and focused on one outcome. The, the problem is exploiting them. And with when they recognize that you're exploiting them simply because they are a junkie or have a criminal past or <clears throat> whatever, whatever, their, their hardworking work ethic uh, when it's exploited because you know that they don't have any other options in life, that you are their quote unquote saving grace. Like, oh, they rescued me from the life of a junkie, from being downtown and working hard 24 hours a day to, to get a fix. Yeah, yeah. what's up fans? Still got it. Five rat rat combined picking up, skate, skate.
downhill or something. I don't know. It's bullshit. When they start to recognize that they're doing the work of three people and that they are uh, keeping your company afloat uh, with more profits to boot simply from them being there alone. That's when you're going to get, that's when you're going to run into problems with, with hiring junkies, probably with hiring anyone, but they're going to recognize pretty quickly what they're capable of, what they can do, and how much you need them versus them needing you. And now you're in hot water. Now, now it's your fault. You can hire more people. You can try and dance around it, but you can pay them more. You can pay them for the cost of three people, three employees, two employees. If they're just doing double the work, but they're being exploited to a degree that they can recognize and that they can, that they're observing. And it's not, it's not a, uh, it's not um, a question. There's no, there's no question whether or not they're doing the work of two people. There's just not. It, it's obvious. It's been obvious. And it's been exploited to, to where it's probably two and a half, three people that they're doing now. They're making your business better. They're, they're, they're giving you tons of profit. But they know that they're being exploited. Period. They know it. You know it. It doesn't matter who you try to replace them with, it's not going to work. It's, it, it will not. You have three people in one, you have a leader, you have uh, a talented person. And yes, they're, I'm sure they're grateful for the opportunities that you've given them, but they, they can recognize that it's not worth it because they're back in that same doing extra, putting in more than they, than they need to without the recognition, without the appreciation. It's the same same life as they had before. It's so much effort to just try and get that fixed, try and stay high, try and whatever, they have a criminal record, prove their worth, let me show you. And then they show you, they display that to you. It's conveyed, hey, my fans, man, they're out of control today. It's conveyed perfectly, but you're you're failing to to recognize you're you're too greedy, and you're taking their work. It's almost like a intellectual property, almost right. Except it's just labor, skilled labor, or just labor alone. It's just digging a ditch. It's stupid, man. It's really stupid. There's nothing you can do at that point besides hire more people or pay them more, pay them for what they're worth. And if you're if you're unwilling to do either then they're gonna bite the hand that feeds, period. They're, they're going to bite the hand that feeds and they're, they're gonna stick it to you. Because that's, that, I guess that's how junkies work too. But it's it still kind of goes back to, to capitalism and fake stocking charges. It, it, it goes back to like that type of personality, that type of behavior, to where you're gonna do what you do and they're gonna do what they do. It's, it's whoever wins. At that, it's like a game of chess, checkers. It's a game. It's a mental game. But the problem really, I think it's the underestimation of the 
creativity, the ambition, and there's so many people that want to hire college graduates. Like you go to college, get whatever. It's the same thing with junkies. During that two years of college, four years of college, the two years of being molded into a junkie, the, the four years of being forgotten about, it creates a different person. It creates a worth at work ethic. It, it creates a worth and value. But you have that polarization again. The societal misunderstandings of junkies and the societal um, impressions and expectations of college graduates. There's really no difference. In each experience of years, you have that skill and talent. One can skirt the system. One has figured out a way to um, exist by skirting the system. I'm not going to try and... Um, anyway, uh, yeah, promote like stealing and all that shit. I, I'm not. I think stealing is bad. I think stealing from individuals. I think scams are stupid. eBay is full of scams. Do not use eBay because you'll get scammed. They'll steal your money if you don't. Either way, you're going to get scammed. eBay is a scam. eBay is a giant scam. But you do have people that steal from individuals. And I, I would argue that if you're stealing from individuals, there's, there's a mental... It's not... Um, just with any job, any population, you're going to have people with mental issues that are uh, um, deviations from the norm. You just will. And the same with junkies. And so you, you do have people that steal from individuals. And I, I don't condone that. I don't think it's okay. Never have. Never will. But you will have people that are sort of on this Robin Hood. Not like the trading app. But like the traditional Robin Hood. Steal from the rich to give to the poor. Stealing from Walmart. Stealing from Target. Stealing from those uh, big companies. With eBay, it's individuals trying to sell. So it's not... Yeah, plus eBay doesn't care, so eBay's actually stealing the trust and safety thing. But you have two sides that are totally ambitious, that totally want to be appreciated and taken seriously. And until the recognition is there, I don't know, man, they'll put forth a bunch of effort, but it's only going to last about the same time it took to turn them into junkies and to, to go to college about two and a half to four years right at that point they're going to recognize what their value is and what they're doing for the company that they're working for and from there that's up to you as a business owner as a local business or giant corporation it doesn't matter but i think you're going to find a lot more value and a lot more hard work ethic with junkies than you would with a college graduate period I'm, I'm being totally serious and the uh, job market the the talent pool of junkies is vastly the talent is vastly more available than it would be for college graduates really the, the creativity is there 
the outside of the box thinking, the the ambition is there. They want to prove like who they are, their worth, all of it. Um, they want to change their life around and they, they want to live a different life. But the second that they can, they can detect exploitation to an unhealthy degree is when they're going to bite the hand that feeds. And at that point, it's up to you whether or not you want to pay them for what they're worth or try to make it work some, some way else. And it's not some other way. It's not going to, to unfold the way that I think that, uh, you imagine it. So uh, in conclusion, eBay will steal your money. So don't use it. Don't invest in eBay. It's a bad investment. Every experienced investor knows that. And also Hanks and Peterson is a law firm that will ruin whoever's life you want to ruin as long as you pay them for billable hours, except keep in mind that you will probably be embarrassed after doing so. Thanks so much for listening. You guys are the coolest. Good luck. Take care. Well, it's a song. It was a one-hit wonder. It was intended to be a one-hit wonder and 15-minute shelf life. Hey, babe, I cash up you one Monday. Hey, babe, I cash up you one Tuesday too. And Wednesday of the next week. Thursday night, I'm all alone. Hey, baby. And then the bridge, the breakdown, then it talks about the weekend. Because you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. B-Sides on the Bling Vieira podcast. It's B-Sides. Don't you wish I had a guitar to play along in the background? Yeah. Too bad I sold them along with everything else I lost. <laughs> Special shout out goes to eBay for being a crooked, corrupt, organized crime marketplace. eBay, the unsafe marketplace.